Revivify, design and building pros podcast. Hi, this is Grace Mace. Today we have Allison Yantoska with us. She is the CEO of FH Perry. Welcome, Allison. Well, first of all, I I think I've known you for a couple of years and I'm always impressed with what you accomplish. And every time I listen to you, to you talking, you just have so much incredible insights. So I'd love to bring um, our audience to this journey with you. Um, if you don't mind, share with us how you got started. Well, I was in my late 20s and had spent most of my early days uh, studying theater. Adventured out to the West Coast to do some of that and spent time in college doing that. And I came back home to Boston and knew that that was where I wanted to live, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And right around the same time, my dad was thinking about bringing somebody into the company, I think probably specifically a female into the company to support clients in the selections process. At the time, we weren't working very much with architects and interior designers. So really someone who could support the client to go and make all those many, many, many selections, and mostly from an organizational standpoint, not not necessarily from a design standpoint. So I raised my hand. I said, sure, let's give it a try for six months. And we sort of had a six-month agreement that either one of us could say, we're done. <laughs> this isn't working. The rest of 20 years later, that was January of 2000. Here I am, oh. January of 2020 still at it. And uh, just over the course of time, the multiple opportunities that dad gave me to kind of think about different roles I wanted to play and where I, my skill set fit best. And um, eventually that led to ownership. That's fantastic. And I think that's really insightful and brilliant of him to choose you who from, I imagine going through the home for client selection, oftentimes the decision maker, I assume, in your experience, are probably primarily women. Um, there's stats showing that 80% of home improvement are actually initiated, managed, and decide or decision makers are women. Yeah. And so to have that connection, I think, is critical to understand for them to have the empathy to engage with them and able to read their emotions to help them to navigate through the process is extraordinarily helpful. Yeah, I think he was quite on the sort of leading edge around that and just understanding that it's it can be such a lonely process too, I think, for someone to, I mean, that the, everybody says when they get to the other end of a remodeling project, oh my gosh, it's like a full-time job making all of those decisions. And our company was really good at measuring out when you needed to make what decisions. So you weren't trying to sort of bite off the entire process all at once, but having someone there to just say, you know, you keep coming back to that faucet. I think that might be the one that you like, you know, or it might be helpful to have um, something that a a kitchen sink that you can just, you know, sort of toss on with the back of your hand instead of cross handles, because you're going to have, you know, dirty hands or just different things that kind of uh, were practical and supportive. And that was really important. Well, and also have a sensitivity to take those kind of cues what's on the list did you do this <laughs> yeah yeah and so i think as uh, oftentimes what's ex- i think is quite special and for women in this industry to recognize their counterpart their clients their needs 
And I think that often results in much more positive experience, just having a, a, a acknowledgement and, and collaboration from that front. It, yeah, and it definitely sort of highlights that there's, like in anything that we do, um, that there's an equity in it. There's a, a need to recognize that there are multiple players with multiple needs and right. just focusing on one or the other isn't the right way to balance out the whole of the experience. And so we had the project management side down pat, but the relational side and the let me connect with you at this point when it's a pretty crazy process and projects at that point, people were living in their homes and it's, it's a lot. So it gave us a real way of making sure that we were offering a full experience for the client. Clearly you're your father's daughter. You begin to, you guys recognize the trend. What are the type of trends that you're seeing in the industry now? I, I think people are paying a lot of attention to energy efficiency, to healthy homes, uh, to, especially with air, uh, making sure that what, what is coming into the home and how air is being used in the home has, has got a healthy component to it. Simplification on, on control systems, the simpler, the better, getting it through my iPhone as opposed to some crazy wall c configuration where I need to type 10 buttons or figure out which, which switches for what. Really, the, uh, it continues along this trend of clean, clean, clean. And I, what's fun in the Boston market is we obviously have so much tradition here. The city is so good about making sure that we're maintaining our historic facade, but it really is giving opportunity for people to come in and maintain a lot of the wonderful historic features that we have in the city, but somehow coupling the designers and the architects in this market are so good at beautifully coupling in, yeah, let's keep that piece of really crazy triple crown, right. but the rest of the room is going to be sleek and chic and, <laughs> you know, we'll bring in concrete and we'll bring in disappearing edge counters and all those kinds of things that people really are looking for from a minimalist standpoint. And so that, that's pretty hot and heavy here now. And it's, it's, really lovely. And how do we make these crooked homes that have historic character kind of fit and meld okay with that desire for a real modern aesthetic? That's wonderful. I think that's the exciting part about design to be able to respect the history and bring it in elements in, but at the same time, innovate and create something that just you didn't expect, but has that wow factor. When you walked in, it's like, wow, I didn't expect this, but boy, does, is this spectacular. Yeah, and it's amazing because it really works. And again, all hats off to the architectural and design communities that are making sure that they're meeting both criteria. Right. Coming from you, I, I think just in general industry, there's a, oftentimes there's friction between the, the, the building professions and design professions. How did you learn to build that kind of respect and, and collaboration? A couple things I think... I guess the biggest piece for us is it became such a major source of business. Mm. And we wanted that because it meant that the, the clients were being pre-qualified because sure. they were coming from an architect. And in any client that would be working with one of our architect partners is automatically sort of into a pool of people that really appreciate craftsmanship and appreciate the stewarding of the process that we were we're trying to uh, make sure that we give to our clients, which doesn't necessarily make it 
easy, but one of the things we shifted in our mindset was really thinking about the client. Uh, the architect is also our client. So we've oh, got good. two clients. The architects, they need to be able to do beautiful design. That's what they went to school for. That's what their eye is for. That's what they understand. And they need then the support of a well-run, well-managed, professionally managed project so that they can realize, fully realize their vision. Right. And I think when I think about it, there's one kind of metaphor that I use. Like if you think about writing a song and then you just send it out to the world, it's going to come back to you in 5,000 different ways. And I think it's just, there's something really beautiful about connecting with the songwriter, the architect and saying, how do I help you realize this the way you heard it, the way you see it. Right. And if we really think about partnering at that level, we are crafting something and we are stewarding something. And I think that's just the way that we like to think about that relationship. So I love it. The way you paint it is so elegant and so simple. Um, the collaboration is so key to create, I mean, to understand and respect the, the visions that's been developed at the same time, have the, the desire to also share the same vision and co-creating this beautiful space yeah. and ultimately yeah. result into positive results for the other, the homeowner client. And, and all in all for all three parties in, that are involved is much more pleasant experience when there's a shared vision. Yeah. And the architects have, have really allowed for the profession of general contracting to grow and become much more equal. For a long time, the architect was put in the place of, you know, sort of protecting the homeowner from the big bad builder. Right. And they've, that we have evolved as a profession and the architects have allowed us to evolve and really, they have shared equal respect to us for what we bring from a managerial side and a building knowledge side. Um, and that, so that makes a big difference. Wow. That's great. Now I'm going to play, play a different direction. Have you had okay. experience with any um, challenging clients or challenging architects and how did you work with those situations? <laughs> you don't Never, have to name names. Ever, no, Grace. no, not one. You don't need oh to name names. I'm kind of curious. They're bound to one or two. There, yep. We've had it. We've had our fair share. I guess the way that we've kind of come out of it is to make sure that we really know who we work well for. Okay. The the notion of competition is popping into my head in that we that there's a way in which one can think that every project out there we should get or every project that one of our competitors has we should have gotten. And when I really think about the difference between who we are and who another contractor is, we're not climbing the same mountain. The rules of the game are not the same. And so, and my dad really taught me that the more you are yourself and the more clear you are about, you know, the more clear we are about our value system how we like to work and who we work best for and keep that sort of contained for ourselves in our own definition without getting distracted by what somebody else might think is works for them, the better off we are. And the more we're able to articulate it and bring that to an architect and say, this is the best kind of client that we work with. Um, you're the best kind of architect we work with the better chances you have of being able to 
move through one of those negative experiences. Having said that, I can certainly recall some very challenging situations, and some of them were just, we're going to knuckle down and get through this. I am a very low-risk person, and I am I'm really not interested in a litigious situation. I'm much more interested in trying to figure out what, like put myself in that other person's shoes and what is going on for them and what is so fearful for them and what feels so jeopardized for them. And why are we in this situation where they feel like that's the way they need to come at us and then try and figure out the compromise. Uh, And at the end of the day, dragging anything out any longer that takes energy away from the good clients that you have, the best fits that you have, the more you're taking away energetically from the good that you can do in your company. And so it's always been a philosophy of mine to get, get through it as quickly as we can, support the people in the organization that are having to support the situation and, and move on. That's amazing. I mean, I think that how you describe empathy is what you're one of your your strengths. And I think that kind of sets a tone for the entire project. And I assume it sets a tone for the entire company too. And that's what leadership so, yeah. do. Well, I just, I carry around this little saying in my head that um, I don't think anybody really wakes up and says, I'm going to be a jerk today no. <laughs> just to be a jerk. They're waking up saying, I'm scared of something or I'm worried about something or something's not doesn't feel right to me and then jerky behavior comes out of right. <laughs> unfortunately but it always has a cause that you can't resist something until there's something to resist right. and so we talk a lot about you know what is the person resisting what is going on how do we like let go of the other end of the rubber band how do we kind of neutralize this situation and then go from there so how do you do so? I mean, what are the three things that you advise people to do? I mean, is it communication or what is it? First and foremost is self-awareness. I talk to my team all the time about knowing what their triggers are, yep. knowing what their strengths are, and knowing what they're working on. And unless you have, some, and I think that's what leadership is, and I like to think about our group as being a group of leaders, I, I think unless you are able to understand what behavior serves you well and why you're successful with that behavior. And then when that behavior isn't working for you anymore and you need to make a different choice and living in that gap space of being able to make a different choice is so highly critical, right? It's scary. It's vulnerable. It means you have to say to people, I need to do something different here and I don't quite know what to do, but the closer I can get to my team, all being willing to sort of live in that vulnerable space so that they can make different choices, the better. The second is, is that empathetic curve of, of understanding that people aren't trying to take you down. No one's trying to ruin you. People really are just reacting to their own concerns and the things that they need. And it doesn't mean it's always easy. And it doesn't mean that people don't kind of drive you crazy or get up on you or whatever it is. But that, again, the, uh, what is the, there's some wonderful quote, something like conflict cannot exist without your consent. Yes. And I love that because it just, it suggests that you have a choice Mm -hmm. in that moment. So you can keep conflict going or you can let go and then you're in a different paradigm. So we talk about that a lot. And I think a lot of times people hide behind emails, letters, texts, going off and talking to someone else. And a lot of times I'll just say, have you called the person? Right. Have you picked up the phone and called? 
just call. And my old business partner said, just getting through the hello is sometimes the hardest part. And then once you're talking, you've begun. Right. But if until you've made that connection, it's harder to create space for something to happen. Yeah. And I love your visual. Earlier, you mentioned about the rubber band and releasing the yeah. rubber band, reduce that tension. And that's what it is. And having that human connection, just pick up the phone, make that call, or just meet up for coffee. And all of a sudden, the tone that's not meant to be surfacing on the email or a text message is now all dissipated when you actually yeah, make the absolutely. hello. Nine times out of ten, I'm so surprised. <laughs> this person is so mad. There's nothing. And then you call them, and you're like, oh, we're in a totally different place now because we're right. just talking. We, right. we have to treat each other well. <laughs> and then you talked about the self-awareness, and sometimes we make up our own story. And somehow 100%. through our experience and past experience, that trigger comes in. And all of a sudden, we immediately jump to that place and just assume yeah. everything is going horribly. And really, yeah. sometimes it's just not that complicated. It's just right. as simple as, hello, we need to talk about this issue. Pick up the phone. Yeah. yeah. And people are so surprised about it because it doesn't happen. Right. So it's actually this wonderful, like, little magical tool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great to have these kind of little wins throughout the day to know that, Hey, we're creating homes and really comes down to it's a human connection and helping people to the homeowners create those memories and helping the team to create those exciting moments in career to know that, Hey, I kind of made a a chief little win today. And that's a great feeling to walk away when you go home. I totally agree. Grace. I love that. Clearly you have supported many women and myself. I have always been inspired by you. Um, I'm kind of curious who have, who supported you along those way along your career path? I have to say my mother, I have to say my mother. And I, I think what's so interesting is that the sort of obvious statement is that my dad has been an enormous support and, and, and actually, you know, sort of 20 years ago for him to think of bringing his daughter into the company and then handing the reins over to his daughter, that's quite cutting edge. So that's good that he did that. And he's always, you know, gender equality is, he doesn't even see it. It's not a problem. But I think the the sort of um, quiet partnership that my mom has given me, even now, as I, as I continue on in the journey, I have to remember, I have to acknowledge, it's not out loud. It's not, it was never in my face. It was never to, to be there to sort of say, are you sure you want to make that decision? My mom was just, has always been listening partner, trusting in my own ability to make my own decisions. I recently wrote a piece about uh, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yep. Uh, I read and that. I, I would do that. You know, I'll take that fork and then think, oh my gosh, I went the wrong way. And mom just would sort of come along behind me and say, well, let's just see. Let's see. You have power. You're in control. You have a voice. This isn't happening to you. You're making decisions and sort of encouraging me to come more and more into my own power again and with this sort of quiet partnership. And I think um, I think I need to give her more credit for that and allow that to always be at play for me to remind me of how important that kind of relationship is. Wow, that's powerful. 
That's really <laughs> almost brought tears. <laughs> well, your parents clearly raised an incredible person, and you continue to support women in construction, and you be out there leading the effort, paving the way, and helping and gain for us gain the wisdom from you is extraordinary helpful. So, thank you for everything what you do for this industry and for us to be inspired and have someone to look up to. Well, thanks, Grace. Everybody just keep on going. You all have it right. You're doing the right thing. We're all going to figure this one out together. Exactly. Well, thanks for yeah. elevating the industry. And so appreciate all your time, Ellison. This is Ellison in Tosca with F.H. Perry's. Thank you, Ellison. Brought to you by Bayrap.